Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, I've probably had to minister healing to my wife and every one of my children. And... Um, and to myself, and one of the doctrines that every believer needs to be able to uh, proficiently minister, not just to yourself, but other people, uh, is divine healing. And a lot of times, you're going to have to sit down and give them the word before you pray for them, because faith comes by hearing the word. Healing takes place when we believe. And we've been studying on faith. Um, we've been studying on faith. When faith is in operation, the power of God is working. Amen? It doesn't matter what we feel like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The power of God is in operation. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes people tell me, well, we're, we're, we've been working on the Word. We'll keep working it. Don't stop working the Word. The Bible says in James chapter 1, the trying of your faith. Sometimes challenges come just because you start believing. And the enemy is trying to convince you that the word doesn't work and faith doesn't work. Faith is a lifestyle. It's not supposed to be used just because I have an emergency. It's supposed to be used when um, I wake up every morning. I go to sleep in faith and I get up, and I get up in faith in the morning. Amen. I'm trusting something about the Word of God in my life. Amen. So let's look over here in 3 John 2. 3 John 2. And, you know, and some people, um, 3 John 2, we'll take a look at that. Um, it says here in 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things... And this means this is God's highest desire. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. It would have been interesting if he'd have stopped after the word health. But he said, even as your soul prospers. So prosperity of the soul means that my mind has got to be renewed. That is God's will to heal me. That has to be my thinking. And it's his will to heal me all the time. Amen. And soul prosperity means that, that, that my thinking thinks like God. Soul prosperity is thinking like God about every situation of life. Amen. That's when my soul is fully prospered, when I think like him about every situation that comes up. I must know that it is his highest desire for my life is success, prosperity, and health. That is his highest desire. Well, and many times people can't get their healing because they don't believe it's God's will to heal them. We used to hear this coming up, if it be thy will. If it be thy will. And I thank God for Kenneth Copeland because he helped me with that scripture. Because Ephesians 5.17 says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How do I understand what the will of the Lord is? Understand what God's will is through the word of God. 
his word is his will. Amen. But if my mind is not prospered to his word, I can't understand what his will is. So when I was growing up, I didn't know the people that were ministering to me didn't know the will of God. So when they go pray for people, they would say, if it be thy will. So that means the people that were doing the praying didn't understand Ephesians 5.17 and prayed in ignorance. You cannot pray until you know the will of God. You cannot declare the word. You won't declare the word until you know the will of God. First uh, John, hold your place here. I want you to look at some scripture tonight. First John chapter 5, verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence. Amen. Faith is having confidence. It's confidence. A lot of times I can tell with people in faith, that I'm just listening for confidence. And, and that's okay. You know, we'll get you in faith if you let us get you the word. Getting in faith is not hard. Getting in faith concerning healing, getting in faith concerning finance, getting in faith concerning anything is not hard as long as you have the word concerning that thing. It's not hard because then faith comes, and faith is not a struggle to get it. It's not a struggle to get faith. Faith comes. It just comes to you. It's not, it's not a struggle to get it. It just comes by hearing the word, which means I can be anywhere and get faith. I can be anywhere as long as I got my phone because I can look up any scripture with my phone. I, I can get any translation with my phone. I can, I can listen to people preach faith with my phone. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'll be careful who I listen to. I'll be careful who I... You don't listen to people talk about faith not working, healing not working. You don't listen to people talk about, well, you know, God doesn't heal everybody every time. There's no scripture in the Bible that says that. There's no scripture in the Bible that says that. When you look at the Bible, everybody came to him, got their healing, except for a case where they dishonored him. And I always teach you, dishonor is a faith killer. It's a future killer. It's a ministry killer. Disrespecting what God honors destroys faith. It's not knowledge that puts you over. You can know the scriptures. You, Jesus, you can have knowledge of the scriptures, but it doesn't produce faith. Because faith works from the foundation of honor. Faith works from the foundation of love. The Bible said Faith worketh by love. So a person can know scripture, but be dishonorable, and their faith won't work. Nothing they'll do will work when it, as it comes to God promoting them or God promoting what they're doing. It won't work. Dishonor will not produce faith. I always say this, faith, obedience, and honor triplets. They're always together. And I always say this too. Dishonor, disobedience, and disbelief are triplets. And they are always together. Always together. A person can, can talk scripture just by memory. We're not talking about memory scripture. We're talking about the word getting in my heart and producing faith. Because I know God loves me. And I love him. And I honor and respect him. And I honor and respect the people he honors and respect and the things he honors and respect. If you ever disrespect leadership, your faith will not work. You ever disrespect somebody I put in leadership, your faith will not work. It will not work because that person is not walking in love. That person is not walking in honor. 
You have, you have to understand. You know, I told you, told you just a while back, the most important message I teach in this church is honor. I was listening to Pastor Nancy all week long. She said, until honor is restored, miracles will not work in the church, and the power of God will not come back to the church. We got churches everywhere, but we're talking about power. Amen. And so God has to be honored for the manifestation, the manifestation of his power that produces healing and the manifestation of faith. Amen. And let me tell you this. I know a lot of people that know scriptures and their failures in ministry. I know a whole bunch of them. They're failures. They know the scriptures, and they can tell you the scripture, but they can't get it to work in their life. And I can tell you, I've been pastoring 23 years. I can tell you shipwreck after shipwreck after shipwreck after shipwreck. And some of them are even not on the planet because they, they can repeat Scripture. Jesus said it like this, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. See, it's the heart issue. It's not a lip issue. It's not a lip issue. It's a heart issue. People can talk the word by memorization. We're not talking about memorizing Scripture. We're talking about living the Scriptures. And honor will allow you to live the Scriptures. Honor will allow you to believe God. And faith works because you love him and you know that he loves you. Faith works by love. Faith works because you love the brethren. You love the people you're serving with. You don't criticize them. You don't compete with them. You love them. Say amen to that because that's the truth. I'm talking, I, I want to teach people how to finish. I don't want to teach you how to go to church. I don't want to teach you how to do a ministry. I want to teach you how to finish. You finish because you have honor and you have respect and you respect the things that God respects. People say, well, I'm serving the Lord. Well, if you don't respect the people he sent, you don't respect him. If you don't respect leadership, you don't respect him. So I can serve God. You cannot serve God without respecting those he sends. Amen? Amen? Let's look down here a little bit farther. And it says right here in 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. So notice, whatever, th and this word ask, I'm going to say this again, it doesn't mean making a request. When you look at the word ask up in the Bible, in the Hebrew, it, makes it, it means making a demand for what's already yours. You're never asking God to heal you because he already has. You're, never, you're not asking God to provide because he already has. You're getting in the scriptures, you're finding out your inheritance in Christ Jesus, and then you're making a demand what, for what is already yours. And you have... and, and the greatest thing you have confidence in taking is what you know is yours. And these things are written, the Bible says, so you might know what's been given you. Amen. Abraham said, how shall I know this land of Canaan shall be mine? Faith knows what is yours. And a lot of times people, because they haven't been taught properly, they end up in a begging situation. Oh, God, please do this. Oh, God, please heal me. That's a prayer of unbelief. It's a pitiful situation, but it's a prayer of unbelief. Begging him to do something he already did. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished. What's finished? Your healing's finished. 
Your deliverance finished. Your provision is finished. Now, faith means I'm receiving, or in that word receiving means I'm taking what he appropriated for me. God is delighted to see his children take from the table. He's prepared for them. He's delighted to see you take what's yours. And faith is a taker. Amen. Faith is a taker. It's not a beggar. It's a taking what, what is mine and what is rightfully mine in Christ Jesus because he already paid the price for it. I like one of the faith steps I use when, when, when Jesus was in the garden. He said, Father, if it's another way. If it's another way to give them healing, deliverance, provision, if it's another way to give them salvation, divine protection, if it's another way to give them wealth and welfare, wholeness and healing, if it's another way to get, them, get this to them without me going through this horrible death and this damnation in hell. Some people say, well, I can't believe Jesus went to hell. I, I don't appreciate you preaching that. Well, you can go yourself then because you deserve to go. You did everything, you did everything against God and his word and the standard he has. You deserve a place in hell. That's where you deserve to go. And if he didn't go in your place, that's where you're going. If he didn't take your place in the grave, that's where you're staying. If he didn't take your place in, on the cross, that's where you're going. He wasn't doing it because he deserved to be there. Matter of fact, that's why they had to let him go. After he paid the price for our penalty, an innocent man was in hell after three days and three nights because that was our payment. That was our charge, and that's what we had to pay. He took that place for us. That's why you ought to give him the high. Amen. People that really know they've been delivered are praising people. See, that when, see, see when people's minds are renewed to the truth, they live different. They react different. They react different to the word. They react different to the presence of God. They react different to God's people when our minds are truly renewed to this word. This is why, this is why being a child of God is not a Sunday morning thing. It's not a Wednesday night thing. We have to be like the people of Berea. They got in here every day to find out healing was theirs. There's enough bombardment that comes against you to try to take the word out of your life and try to take the word away from your mind and replace it with another thought. But you can't allow that to happen. You got to give yourself over to the word of God. Matter of fact, Jesus said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The standard is being rich in the word. That's the standard, being rich in the word. If you get rich in the word of healing, you, sickness ain't got no place in you because your soul has been prospered and there's no place for words of unbelief concerning healing to take residence up in your mind. Your mind should be, our mind should be so filled with the word of God. Amen. Concerning what belongs to us, what he's called us to do, and who we are in Christ Jesus. We should be loaded with that. Amen. But most believers, I'm going to tell you right now, not you, because I know you loaded. But I'm saying a lot of them are running on empty. I'm not talking about you, because I know you loaded. <laughs> now listen, who should you listen to? I think, I think my pastor, Dr. Jacobs, has an has a, has a awesome revelation on divine healing. You need to listen to him. My God, you need to listen to a man like that. That's somebody we're close to. And then uh, I love listening to Brother Copeland, and I love listening to Gore Copeland. My list is not long. 
My list, I'm just telling you. You know, and if you listen to somebody, if you listen to somebody teach on the 666, you're listening to somebody that ain't figured it out. I'm just trying to help people. Don't listen to things like that. That's the book of Revelation. The Bible said, blessed he that readeth this book, not understand it, readeth it. You got people believe we're going to be here when, he, when, you know, when tribulation comes. You got people that don't believe we're going to be here. You know what? Guess what? People have not figured that book out. What you need to figure out is what you're going to do right now. You don't need to know when the 666 is coming to the earth. You need to know if, if sickness comes, you got, a, you got six, 666 scriptures, amen, to overcome it. That's what you need. If depression comes, you need, some, you need six to six scriptures to overcome depression. That's what we're working with today. We're not worried about him, amen, praise God. Matter of fact, the devil is defeated and under your feet anyway, and you need to be learning about your inheritance. She was trying to figure out what the dragon was doing. You need to find out what you're going to do when you get home every evening. Are you going to feed on the word of God? Are you going to just suck up on television? Amen. I'm being kind of straight right now, but I'm telling the truth. Amen, because I get to minister to everybody. I get to deal with all the challenges that come to every individual and every family. And when sickness comes to somebody's house, it's not fun. It's not. It's called disease because it takes the ease out of life. It's torture to the physical body. It's demonic torture. And Jesus did not want us living that way, so he sent healing. And you have to be skillful in the word of God. The Bible says we have to be skillful in the word. You've got to be skillful to overcome sickness and disease, especially when it comes against you. One of the things about physical illness to the body, it's very difficult to believe with pain in your body. It's very difficult to believe with pain you're not feeling well. It's very difficult to believe when you're hurting and your body is under pressure and torment because of disease. That's why we need one another. That's why sometimes you need people standing with you. You know, it take a tough one to go through something by yourself and, and, and know that God is with you. You done had to walk through some stuff. Amen. Praise God. If you, if you stay with me, I'll teach you how to fight. I'll teach you how to fight. You need to listen to Pastor Rogan too. Put me on that list. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I bought the healing sheets tonight that I put inside the, the, the prophecy book. That's the first place you should go if you get sent to the Giovanni. That's the first place you should go because all you got to do is listen to no healing. I just, <laughs> there's been people that don't even go to this church got healed off of these two sheets of paper. I'm not even they pastor. Somebody just handed them this because he didn't send pastor to heal you. He sent his word to heal you. Amen. That's what he said. I sent my word to heal you and deliver you from destruction. It's the word that's going to set you free. Amen. Amen. Praise God. He said his word will be like medicine to all your flesh. So while you're taking the healing word in, you're taking medicine. I know people don't equate. Matter of fact, it's a better medicine you can buy over the counter. 
Yeah, but say, all right, well, you'll, we'll get down the road. We'll get better belief in that. He said right here, he said, this is the confidence. People that have faith are confident people. I know this thing is turning to my salvation. I know this is changing. I know that if I stay in the word, sickness cannot maintain a hold on my body. Amen. Praise God. Because the word is alive and full of power. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is alive and full of power. That's what it is. It's full of power to produce what I need produced. Amen. The word has energy and ability in it to produce what it just said. If it says you're healed, then the power to heal is in that word. If you get that word in your heart, the ability of that word to produce what it just said it is, amen, it'll start working in your body. And if you stay with it long enough, it'll turn your situation. Amen. That's why the Bible said through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Never say it's not working because you're still coughing. Never say it's not working because you still got a temperature. Never say it's not working because I prayed a minute ago and the pain is still there. Sometimes it comes immediately and sometimes you got to go to sleep. Amen. That's what, that's what the book of Mark, you got to rise up and go to sleep and then it'll turn. We told you the moment you release your faith, the power starts right then. And can't nobody turn it off but you. You the one that turned it on and you the only one can turn it off. You are the boss when it comes to the word of God. That's why he said, I made you a king. That's somebody in charge. I made you a king and I made you a priest. I made you somebody that can live in my presence. I made it acceptable for you to be in my presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Amen. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. You can get so close to God, you ain't even feeling your body anymore. But what happens most of the time, people are working from an external, an extreme perimeter situation with God, and then they're trying to move toward healing. They're trying to move toward it. Because a lot of times people don't tell you, you should study healing every day. Dr. Jacob said, I work on my faith every day. That's all he had to do was say that one time. Because everything you get, you get from God by believing him. There's nothing that you get from him without faith. That's why I look at men like Kenneth Copeland. You look at their study Bibles. It's more teaching on faith than any other subject. Why? Because it takes that subject to get anything from him. When he reads, when you read in the Bible, be it unto you, let it happen to you according to your faith. Not your cousins, yours. But now again, it says, when it, and God put a, he said, let's put a, let's put a contingency in there. You know, they, you know, let's let them be able to touch and agree. So he says, the two of you are touch and agree on earth concerning anything in my will, it shall be done unto them. Praise God forever. So you can, you can have somebody pray with you. Amen. We're called the body of Christ. We're not individuals. We are a unit. Amen. Amen. So let's look what it says right here. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will. So <laughs> I got to function in a relationship with my heavenly father according to his will. I got to know his will. What is his will? The word. 
So when I look in the word and I find scriptures concerning divine healing, I'm building up, I'm building up a revelation in me that he wants me well. Now, I got it in me. I get symptoms that come against my body. I have symptoms that come against my body. I have to stand on the word like everybody else. I don't care if you're a preacher. That does not exclude you. That does not exclude you. You're going to have to get, get off the podium and overcome corona and everything else that's coming like everybody else. The devil's going to try to find out if you believe what you preach it. That's why I do not preach messages. I live life. This what I'm teaching you is what I do with my life, what I do with my family. I remember Candace had, I remember it was Karina, Keisha. Keisha had a fever. She was like, I mean, she was probably, I don't even know if she was one, one or two. It seemed like, man, that's the worst thing that happened. You just rather have, you just rather have the fight the fever yourself in your own body than to see it on your infant. And that's why I love my pastor. You don't get revelation like that just going to any church. No, you don't. No, you don't. Faith got in my heart. Pastor Cynthia woke me up one morning and said, Keisha's got this fever and this burning. Normally, every morning it happened. It seemed like it would happen about like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and we got to go to the hospital, and I got to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning. The book of Daniel talked about the wearing out of the saints. We're living in a time if the enemy will wear you out if you let him. Yeah. Got you watching corona every day. Got you, got you watching the, the challenges and finances every day. Got you watching challenges all the time. It will wear you out. You got to get to a place where you get some rest. You got to have some rest time so that you can have some word time. You gotta have rest. Your Bible, your mind needs to be fresh reading the Bible. You shouldn't have ran with Bubba them all day long and try to pull your Bible out at 10:30. You're gonna go straight Psalmonex to sleep. That's what you that's what's gonna to happen to you. Because you put the word at the end, you gotta put the word at the beginning. If you gotta get up 30 minutes early before you start the day and get some word in you so it's a faith day, then plan your time well. Don't put the word at the end. You need, it. you need it at the beginning of the day. You need to get up every day and declare the word before every, I get up and declare if you you deliver from every evil work. Yeah. Every evil work. Yeah. All the enemy would try to bring. Amen. Well, you got to make that a part of your confession too, don't you? All right, let's look down here. If we ask anything according to his will, and this word ask means make a demand. I demand healing. And then I, I take my healing that belongs to me. Then I deal with the symptoms or the attack that's coming against me. I curse every germ, every virus. Every, I curse germs and viruses. And so you got to bind and lose. I take the healing that belongs to me, but I curse the attack, the disease, the sickness. I speak to it. You have to speak to things. He says, Who's, if you had faith, you'd say to this mountain, be thou removed. And he, Jesus said, it will obey you. Diseases are subject to you. 
They are not your ruler. They're subject to you. You have to realize that I'm a king and a priest, and I'm anointed to speak to them. I curse disease. I command it to die and get out of my body. Who was that? I don't think it was a Howard Carter. Who was it that held that plague in his hand? John G. Lake held the plague in his hand, and some nation were having trouble with this plague, and he went over to help them. And they was wondering why he wasn't wrapped up and covered up like all the rest of them. They said, you're going to get this. He says, no, I'm not. He said, this thing will die if it comes near me. Well, he's got a covenant right to have it die if he's established in it. It ain't the will of God to run all through your body and lay you down for weeks. You got to do something about it, though. Amen. You got to get a faith. Faith got an attitude. When David told Goliath, I'm going to cut your head off, that was a faith attitude. I got one, bless God, fam. I got a faith attitude. Yes, I do. Ruthless is how you have to be with this. The devil is not trying to make Kool-Aid with anybody. He comes to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy in that order. And so, you know, he put that in his hand, and then he put it on the microscope. He said, put some on my hand. Put it on his hand. Now take it off and put it on the microscope. Before they put it on there, they saw that the disease was alive under the microscope. It's something you can speak to. It's microscopic, and you can speak to it, and it will obey you. Now, you're not going to believe that tonight. Just because I said it, you're going to have to go home and read Luke chapter 17, where it says everything he made will listen to you. See, just because I preach, y'all thank God I made it available to you so you don't have to run around living ignorant and then go in there and search out the scriptures and see if the things are true. I searched them out. I'm set. I spend the time to get set. I spend the time. It's going to take time to fight the good fight of faith. You gotta, the Bible says you've got to redeem the time because the days are evil. You may not be able to watch Bonnie Five all day long. You know, when you get home from work, if you're tired, take a nap. Refresh your body. Then get up and get in the Word. Y'all, we're coming in time now. You're going to you're gonna have to be a Word person. We're gonna, you're going to have to be a Word person because there's a lot. Of, and a lot of things come with fear. I was listening to Brother Copeland. He said COVID, 99% recovery. Yeah. 99% recovery. But when you watch the news, it don't look like it's 99 that's called deception. If you told everybody it was 99%, and plus they done padded the numbers too. Because everybody done got, everybody died, seemed like the last two years it was COVID. 99% recovery. I like what he said, it's just the flu. And people fought and fought and fought on media to try to tell you what. I ain't trying to get in no conspiracy or anything like this. I'm living by faith. 99% recovery rate. But that's not what the media is projecting. They want me to know every high-profile person that died with COVID. Who, who said they weren't going to take the shot and died with it? 
man, you know, I'm, I'm not, I never preach one way or the other. You decide what you're going to do. My, I'm, I'm preaching live by faith because faith will take care of everything. Faith is the victory, the Bible says. It overcomes everything. I'm teaching you how to live. Just and the just supposed to be living by faith. Now, listen to what it says right here. This is comfort we have. If, if we ask anything, he hears us. And if we know, faith is about knowing, that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, it's not talking about asking anything, it's talking about according to his will. We know, there's no again, that we have the, the petition is ours. Faith knows how this is going to turn out. I know how this is going to end. Faith understands that. There is no other way for it to come out. And I was talking about Jesus on the cross. He said, Father, if there's another way, his dad said, there's no other way. You got to take that cross for them. And I began to realize, wait a minute, if there was no other way to deal with my transgressions, to deal with my poverty and sickness, but he had to go through that, then it can't be no other way except for I'm healed. He got it. There is no other outcome. He settled it, that there will be no other outcome. I will pay the penalty for your sins forever. You will never have to stand before God and bear the penalty of your transgressions and your faults if you got sense enough to repent. You will not have to stand before him with your past. You will stand before him as righteous as God is. That's what the Bible said. He who knew no sin took our sin and became our sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means as righteous as God is, that's how righteous you are in Christ Jesus. Now, you're going to have to sit around and think about that a while. I told you the mind has to be renewed. And if people walk around in guilt and shame, we know they don't believe in, uh, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We know that's not in them. When they, when, they, when they are still dealing with their past after Jesus washed them in his blood, they don't believe it. That means, see, this has to become a lifestyle. And the word has to dwell in us richly. And you have to go over it over and over and over and over. Amen. How many times you watch Bonnie Five? Over and over. How many times you watch your show? Over. How many times you don't watch the same movie? Over and over again. How many times you go to the same mall? How many times you go to the same store? How many times you go to the same job? Listen to the same people? Over and over again. Well, you're going to have to renew your mind like it. Just as diligent as you are. I told you, it takes the same diligence. Unbelief takes the same diligence as faith. It's just a matter of what you spend doing your time. It takes just as much time to get in unbelief as it takes to get in faith. The difference between faith and the difference between unbelief is where I spend my time and who I spend it with. Because faith just comes. It comes when you listen to God, words, God, word of God. And it ain't got no choice but to come. There is no other way if you're hearing God's word. That's why I tell you who you're listening to. You got to be careful who you listen to. Sometimes people listen to strange people. And then they come back and tell me, well, they're, they're studying different color rainbows. We're not studying rainbows. You're telling me you've been difficult to pastor. We're not studying the book of Revelation. You don't need to know who 666 is. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to know who your heavenly father is. You don't need to be studying on the devil. 
He's under your foot. You need to be studying about the one you see the next to. You cast out devils. That's under your authority. You need to learn about the benefits that have been given to you as a child of the Most High God. You are his child. You are his son or his daughter, and everything he has is yours. And to accuse him of idly sitting by and do nothing and watch disease eat your body up, you have a poor revelation of him. That's the whole purpose of the prodigal son's parable. The boy says, I'm just going to come home and be a servant. How are you going to come home and be a servant when you're my son? Your behavior doesn't change our relationship. It doesn't, when did behavior make you not be my son? It doesn't. You're always going to be my son. You can come here and live like a servant, but it ain't going to change the reality that you're my son. Then the one that stayed there the whole time. Just because people at church don't mean they're getting it. Just because they're praying in tongues and being spirit, it don't mean they're getting a thing. It doesn't. Dr. Jacobs talking about a person that a person came here praying in tongues. He said, "Be quiet. I'm giving a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a prophecy, a tongue interpretation. He's over the service. You're praying in tongues because you want the whole room to think you're spiritual. And if you let me help you, I will grow you up. I know exactly what you're doing." Dr. Jacobs saw it. He said he saw it too. She wasn't running to you, Pastor Rogan, because he's a prophet. He just said, be quiet. Speaking in tongues is not a task of maturity. It's a task of baby Christians. Baby Christians have that. This is not the place to pray in tongues to try to impress us. But she hadn't been with me long. Somebody else trained him up and made him think that. But you're at Church on the Rock now. We know the word. And we've given ourselves to the word. We've been called a bougie church because we don't hang off the rafters. We study the Bible. We want to read the word of God and make sure we are operating in faith so we can have the power operate. And then when people get blessed, then we go to shout. Somebody came to me because I took their hand because of the pastoral known in my life. And they called me today, Pastor, we're going, I want you to know I'm so excited. I wanted to call you first. I remember taking her hand. She said, I got a job <laughs> that pays me $22,000 more than the one I had. Now we're going to hang from the rafters. Now we're getting ready to shout because the word just worked. I'm giving you pastors so that you won't have lack disappointment and fear, but you'll be fruitful and multiply. It'll work if you let it work. It'll work if you let it work. And we're going to keep it working. Dr. Jacob said, you got to magnify your office. I heard Dr. Frank say it all the time, but he said it Sunday night, and I got something I never got before. I done heard him say that over and over and over. Sometimes you hear me say this. You didn't hear it. Faith comes by hearing, not being present. <laughs> faith comes by hearing not because you was here faith don't have to come because you was here there's a lot of people I, when I taught algebra to them when I gave them the test algebra wasn't on the test 
<laughs> algebra answers, these, these are not algebra answers. <laughs> this is some kind of math I know nothing about. It's called wrong. <laughs> it's called wrong. We're going to know if you get it right or get it wrong. Praying in tongues while the prophet's trying to minister with, it, with, with, with the pastor, his wife, to the congregation, and you trying to override all of that, we know that's immaturity. But they wouldn't let me grow them up. They used to have a ministry now, shipwrecked in the worst kind of way. I don't even want to talk about it. Listen to this. Because I sat there long enough, sit there and listen to my pastor teach on healing, and Keisha had that fever, little bitty baby. Normally, we just rush them to the hospital, and that's where you're going to take yours. You're not going to do what I'm going to tell you because I don't know if you do what I do. Just because you listen to the message don't mean you got it. My brother Scott got up Sunday, I said he got something. That's what thrilled me. I saw growth and maturity. I could just tell the way he said it. It was very transparent. We can tell when there's growth, and we can tell when it's fluff, and we can tell when it's a game. We're not novice. We're just not. You over here praying in tongues real loud, prophet says, shut up. Should have shut up. If you can't take correction, you ain't going to make it. A child that can, can't take correction from a parent has no covenant with God. And a person can't take correction from a pastor has no future in the kingdom. He says, obey them to have rule over you, not that we're trying to dominate you. He says, their job is to watch out for your soul. And what they went through in soul problem, they went through because they wouldn't take that simple correction. It's terrible to watch. It really is. It's terrible to watch. Well, anyway, normally we get up and take our children to the hospital. We used to take Karina too. My God, they had Karina in there one time. She was just a little baby laying on top of a little bassinet. And the, I don't know who they sent in there to get her blood. They were digging all around in her baby. And Pastor Cynthia just had to run to the dog. She just, you know you can't take it. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I said, I told her, you got 30 seconds to find a vein. That's all you got. Maybe not that long. It's not easy watching your children suffer. I'm telling you, the devil is ruthless. Dr. Jacobs used to say it all the time. He's ruthless. And he is the author of sickness and disease. The Bible tells you that. All of it. Not just some of it. All of it. He's the author of it. And you're going to have to learn how to live by faith. And you're going to have to learn as God's will to heal you every single time he's able to say to the other. You've got to get that through your head. You've got to study scriptures. Yes, I've been doing this for, I've been with Dr. Jacobs as long as I've been with Pastor Center. This year will be our 37 year anniversary. 37 years. I've been studying healing for 37 years. Some of you weren't even born then. So you're the new generation that come up. You need to listen to Joshua and Caleb because we're in the promised land. <laughs> you need to listen to us. Hey, Amen, because we're in the promised land. Some of you weren't even born. I'm saying I'm in, and I'm in, I'm in that, and 
you know, I'm taking him to the hospital. But one morning I woke up, she came with the same thing. We ain't going. And I'm good. And I took authority over that fever. And it broke right while she was in my arms. Burning, it just broke right there in my hands. And I took it back to her. And we went to bed. We just living on a different level now. We just living on a different level. Now, here's what you're going to do. You're going to Meharry, the closest place you can go. Skyline, St. Thomas is where you head. You're not going to try to do what I did because I don't know if you're living like me. I honored my pastor. Out of 37 years, he has not had one ounce of trouble out of me in 37, and he never will. Because I was taught to honor those in authority over me. At school, I didn't talk back to the teacher at school. That's a beat down. That's a beat down why you at school. I don't know what they're doing in school now, but that's a beat down why you at school. And then they're going to call your mama when you get home. Guess what's going to happen then? You're getting another one. That's two for one offense. That's being tried twice. And punished twice for one offense. That's even illegal in the regular justice system. But that's what they was handing to us. It's double jeopardy. They handing it to you, baby. Then go get your own switch. Yep, some of y'all would do well, praise God. Amen, praise God. We, we wouldn't be happy. Ever then Charles had to go get his switch because he's sitting there laughing. We're not even going to get your switch. You going to get it. And then you try to come back with something about this long. Now you made them mad. Now what you've done is aggravated your punisher. Now they go get something that's this long. <laughs> the times are not the same anymore. Some people think it's harsh. It's so hard. No, we didn't, we didn't get cracked out and get all the trouble people getting in. All the stuff people get because they're so rebellious now. I've had to work with the youth of America today. And they, had, they thought I was from another planet. They thought I was from another, because I was old school. I told them I'm the original OG. <laughs> I tried to tell them. Then they had to find out themselves. I said, I'm old school. You're not going to disrespect me in here today. Then they loved me for it at the end. Because I gave them guardrails to live. Some of them didn't make it because they were just hard-headed. And even in the graveyard, pick up the news, people watch the news at 6 and 10, there's your student. Life is real. Everybody don't get off the same day. Anyway, look down here in the Word. He says here, this is the petition that we you see. If we know, look at verse 15. If we know that we, he hears us, notice God always hears his word. Somebody said that to me, us one time. How do I know God hears my faith? I said, they're in trouble. They, they, they got cancer and they bought it. You don't, get, you don't get to make that mistake with that kind of attack going on in your life. How do I know God hears my faith? And she told me that. And she wouldn't minister to them. I said, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. 
they don't have a revelation of faith, and they're teachers of the word. You'd think somebody would know that. I said, they're in trouble. How do I know? He says right here, here's how you know. We know that he hears us whatsoever we ask because we ask according to his will. If I present his will to him, there is no other way for him to deal with me. There's, he don't even want to deal with me any other kind of way. That's why he gave me the answers. He gave me the answers to his will so I wouldn't get it wrong, so that when I bring it to him, I would have confidence and know this thing is turning. So what you do, you go and get in the scriptures, you find out what God said about healing. Let's go over here and look in, um, in Exodus 15, 26, because everybody's got this sheet. Praise God forever. And we're going to minister healing tonight. If you're watching online, you're going to get the same thing as you heal. Because the word can go where I can't go. Everywhere. Now look over here in Exodus 15, and it says right here, in Exodus 15, 26, and this is God talking to the children of Israel, and they come out of bondage. He said, if thou wilt diligent hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, I got to be diligent in the word. Pastor Cynthia had some attacks on her body. We had to double up. Can't watch the big show tonight. Cannot watch it. Will not watch it. And that's my wife. Everything's different when she's not feeling well. I think one of the Jewish proverbs said the mother is the center of the family. Because you're not getting no children without her. You're not. And it's not good for man to be alone. Amen. Not shacking, but like he said. But praise God, get married. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say amen to that. Yeah. I need more amens about that. But anyway, you know, the Bible said rejoice with the wife of your youth. That's somebody to rejoice with, to share joy with. Somebody, your, your, your children. Dr. Jacob said you ought to honor your wife because she had your children. She is the mother. I never forgot when he told me that. She is the mother of your children. She offered her body to bear your seed. That deserves some respect. See, we need a number done on our heads. We don't think right. And I wasn't thinking right then. But I got adjusted. I've never forgotten that. I think about it all the time. So... So we go together in faith. I said, you, 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 you know, I said, this is what we're going to do about this. We're going to get in the word. We're going to be in the word about this. She was in the scriptures anyway. I said, I want you to look at these. And it started turning. Start turning. It'll turn if you stay with it. Listen, in your lifetime, you're going to have to believe for your own healing and you're going to have to believe for somebody's healing that's close to you. This is a subject you need to be well-versed in. Now listen to what it says. You got diligent hearken. So what we did, we'd watch, we'd get on there, we'd watch, we'd watch Christian television. I mean, not just general Christian TV. Listen, I don't listen to general Christian television. I listen to the people that feed my faith. 
I don't listen to everybody. I I don't have time. Listen, I don't have time to do that. It's too many of them. I listen to the ones that the Holy Spirit gives me to help develop my faith. If I'm going to listen to Glory Copeland probably has got more healing teaching. I mean, just scripture after scripture. Faith is going to come while you're sitting there listening to her. So we turn that on. We turn on Brother Cope. We listen to Dr. Jacobs. Oh, we listen to Dr. Rogan. It's working. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's working because you have to be skillful with the word. And I'm doing that. And my pastor helped me to be skillful. I never missed church. Not because I was wanting a badge. I knew that how you receive the word, the Bible says in James chapter 1, round verse 22, whosoever keeps looking at this perfect law of liberty and continues therein, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. You want your deeds blessed? He told Joshua, you're going to have to meditate in the word day and night, and then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. The word is the key to your success. And you got you to gotta build a network of the word of God in your life. If you got word, of, you got ability to play music in your car, then you got ability to play the word. Amen. If you got ability to hear a voice over your phone, then you got ability to have faith coming out of your phone. You got, you got, you got, you got media and ability all around you to surround your life with faith, whether you listening to the, whether you got your Bible in your hand or not. You have to live this way. Amen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let's look at this right here. It says, you got to hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God and do that which is right in his sight. Stay in the plan of God. Stay in his plan. Is his plan to walk in forgiveness? A lot of people can't get here because they got unforgiveness. He said, if you don't forgive people, he will not hear your prayer. It's Mark eleven twenty four. If you don't forgive then he's not forgiving you. You cannot hold grudges against people. You have to let them go. Every day I practice forgiveness. I practice it every single day. I do not have grudges with people. I just don't let them sit around. People do things to frustrate. Sure they can. But you can do things to frustrate somebody else too. So we have to practice forgiveness, receive it for ourselves from the Father, and then release other people if you want your faith to work. Amen. Now look down here a little bit further what it says. You hearken diligent and uh, do that which is right in his sight. Do what's right means to stay in the plan of God and will give ear to his commandments. It is God's will that I pass in this church. That's righteousness. I, can't, I can never leave here. That's why I got to have it like I like it. I'm the only one can't quit. And I have something hanging over my head. Now, if you've been planning here, you can't either. If you just visit and that's just one thing. You just visit and that's one thing. Amen. They that are planted in the house of God. Is, it, God is trying to plant you somewhere. You can get out of the will of God and die. I've seen pastors do it. Get frustrated with the congregation, quit, walk out, get cancer in their body, can't get it out. You have to stay on your assignment. Getting off your assignment can cost you your life. I determined I will always be in the will of God with my life. 
You should know who your pastor is. That's part of the plan. Righteousness knows who that is and stays with it. The people that bounce around, you're looking at a ball that'll never do nothing for Jesus. All ministry is tied to the local church, and how you treat the local church determines your success. In the kingdom. Now, out there you can run around and go to the highest bid and do whatever you want to do. I ain't trying to live that kind of life. I, gave it, I could have. But God called me to ministry. I'm pulling you from your... I'm pulling you from your occupation. You will devote yourself totally to giving people the word of God, to feed them the word. I'm trusting you to give people the word. You can't leave that. You have to stay. And if anything, it won't be a lesser office. It'll be a higher office. It's not going backwards. Amen. It says here, I'm talking about that which is right in his sight. Some people can't get healed because they're not doing the right thing. You know, it's, you know, you have to repent and get things right, and then the power will work. And will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will, the way this should read is, is the tense is, I should read, I will allow none of these diseases upon you. God does not put disease upon his children. And when you study this out properly in the right language, it's proper, that's how it should be read. For I am... He's not trying to be, I am the Lord that healeth thee, or what we call Jehovah Rapha. I love what Brother Copeland said, God would have to change his name if he stopped healing. You can't keep calling yourself Jehovah Rapha, and you're not a healer. You can't keep calling yourself Jehovah Jireh if you're really not a provider. God is not changing his name. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is your healer. I call him my doctor. He is my physician. And when I look this word up, this is what it says here. When I look this word up, I put the Hebrew meaning of the word. It means to mend, to stitch. You know, he stitched Adam back up. You couldn't even find a place where he took the rib out. When he took the rib out of Adam's side to go build his wife, amen, it's, he stitched him. You couldn't even tell him. God's a good stitcher. He says to this word, Rapha, means to, to mend, to stitch, to cure. To heal, it means physician. He said, I'm your doctor. It means to repair, to thoroughly make whole. So when I'm praying this out, I say, you are my mender. I say, you are my stitcher. I tell him who he is. You are my physician. You are the one who cures me in wholeness. You give me total soundness. And then while you're saying that, it starts taking place in your body. Faith always has a voice, and it's the voice of victory. Faith is never quiet. It always talks the word. You have to get it in your heart, get a revelation of it, and then start getting it out of your mouth. Faith has constancy. You're going to be talking anyway. Faith talks all the time about the plan of God. The building, I had to keep saying what God told me to say about it. People have a mind to work on the building. Sometimes the way people work, I don't want to say they got a mind to work on it. I want to call them something else. He said, you better not say that. I didn't tell you to say that. I told you to say that people have a mind to work on the project. All the money you need will be there. 
all the furnishing, all the equipment, everything will be complete. That's what I told you to say. I also told you to say it another time. My supply is full. It's coming. It's here. It comes to pass. You have to say what God gave you to say. You can't say how you feel. You can't get tired of saying it. Faith is constantly saying what God is saying because you're going to be talking anyway. People talk all the time. You just got to say, I'm going to talk the word. Then let's go down here and look at another verse of Scripture. Turn to, um, turn to Psalms 103. This is, I'm going to jump around here a little bit. Psalms 103. Maybe I won't do that because I want, you, I want to show you. And then on this passage, on this, every person in this church is a member of this church ought to have this. Every one of them. When somebody does not have this sheet, and you've been here for some time. And who do you get the sheet from? You're supposed to know where you get it from, Miss Carlita. She will email it to you so you can have it on your computer if you've been here any length of time. And if somebody tells me they don't have that and they have symptoms, so you got to listen to what we're telling you. you got to allow yourself to be passive. We can't make you be passive. I ain't here to make nobody do nothing. But you have to choose to be. I chose to be pastor. Dr. Jacobs calls me. He said, "Keith, you're a good student because he can be talking." Now bring back what he said about whatever subject is on. He says, "You're a good student because I'm going to listen because I, I want to win when pressure and challenges come. And faith is the victory, so it's about winning and losing. Make no mistake about it. And losing is it can happen." But I don't blame God. I've never blamed him. I knew that I didn't do enough to turn it. And if people will be honest with themselves, they spend more time watching Marshall Dillon than they do spend in the Word. It may not be Marshall, it is something else. Because faith has a voice, and I can listen to people talk and tell if they're in faith. If you ever tell me you tried this, I know you didn't spend enough time in the Word because we ain't trying this, we doing this. Amen. Faith ain't trying it, faith is doing it. Amen. If, if Joshua went into the promised land, went into Canaan, well, we're going to try to take it. No, he said we're more than able because God is with us. Amen. Let's look down here a little bit further. It says here, it says here, Psalms 103, it says, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, and all this within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not all. Evidently, forgetting is possible. Evidently, forgetting is possible. Forgetting. The Bible says don't let these things slip. You can't let the word slip out of you. And it says, forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth some of your iniquities. Some of them you're going to have to hold on to. No, he forgiveth all your iniquities. So I shouldn't be feeling guilty. Smith Wigglesworth raised more people from the dead in the 19th century. He said the New Testament believer will have to repent often. That's why every day it says, forgive me of my trespasses. Every day requires self, not examination of somebody else. People are too quick to examine other people. Comparing themselves to other people. Wanting to do what other people are doing. Want to be in other people's places. No, you examine yourself. 
because it's your faith that's going to make the difference, not somebody else's. It says right here, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth some of thy diseases. Well, that's the will of God. It's the will of God that all of them go. Then I ain't going to have none of them. If it's the will of God for all of them to be healed, then you have to stand before God and you say, Father, it's your will that no disease take resident in my body. I, this is what your word said. And you have talked to him like that. So I'm going to speak to this disease and command it to get out of my... Don't ask him to take it. He told you to speak to it. Oh, God, please heal me. No, that is not scriptural. That's begging. There's no scripture where you beg God for anything. It's not in this Bible. I made you the head and not the tail. I made you a ruler. I gave you keys to the kingdom of heaven, told you whatever you said would come to pass if you bind it. And whatever you loose, whatever you call to be, it will come to pass. You know, we got to start speaking to property out on this side of town. Talk to the real today. Ain't nothing for sale out there, Pastor Rogan. Well, I already been through that before. Wasn't nothing for sale on the other side either. I done already been through that before. Something's being concealed for me. And if I got to knock on every door on this side of town, are you living in my house? <laughs> I was going to buy the house. I wasn't going to throw them out like that, Miss Christine. But anyway, I was going to give them a price. You're going to throw them out. But anyway, she's just ruthless with faith. But anyway, the thing is, I've already been through that. If God told you to come to this place, then it's provision already made. He never takes you someplace and there's no provision. He doesn't do that. Well, he guides, we always say he provides. That's a saying because we look at the word of God. Even if I got to feed you with a bird, I'm a, I'm a, if I got to feed you with a broke woman, she has just enough corn to make one biscuit today. And can't you read the USA News, US News Today? Preacher eats last biscuit. <laughs> they don't talk about how she got supplied. <laughs> preacher. Ooh, if somebody read that's why I can't stand the preachers. <laughs> if someone would eat the last biscuit and your crews are oil and the mill is dry, all of it run dry. Well, praise the Lord. It says right here, he does what? He, um, he healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction. I say everything that is not supposed to be in my lane when I'm on the interstate is not getting in my lane. I'm redeemed from my car being crushed with all of us in there. Planes falling. I'm redeemed from all destruction. Now, you got to say that. You can't get up and, oh, I wonder if the plane going to crash. See, it would have been just as easy to say, I'm redeemed from all destruction. It takes just as much time to talk faith as unbelief. Just choose to talk faith. Amen. He redeems our life from destruction, crowns thee with love and kindness and tender mercy. You got a crown on your head. Who satisfies their mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed. Every day you can be renewed because he says that. God don't want you to wear out. A little brother Colton say, see, I'm more anointed at 60 than I was at 24. I'm more valuable to the kingdom now 
If you use your time wisely, getting older is good. Yeah. If you're redeeming the time. Yeah. Unless you're just going to be an old dummy. It's a bunch of them. It's a bunch of them. <laughs> it's a bunch of them out there. They don't know nothing. They old and don't know. Because nobody taught them. And they didn't listen to the Holy Spirit to get them in the, in the right place. Every place I've gone has been a it's been a pathway of the Spirit of God. You know, somebody asked me today, what, what denomination is your church? That's what they asked Bradford and I. We was unloading doors. He said, what's the denomination of your church? I said, we're a Word and Spirit church. We're a Holy Ghost. First, I told him non-denomination. Because he tried to ask, are you Adventist? Come on, man. <laughs> Ain't no Adventist building nothing right now. Not right now. Not in no pandemic. Ain't nobody hardly building anything because the church is scattered. They're all running. They didn't heard that there was 99% recovery. They heard they can die out here. Can die right at church in the house of God. That's just, that's unthinkable to a house of faith. Now, if it's a house of unbelief, it can happen that way. I'd like to say more about it, but I'm not going to say more. Listen. If you work it, it'll work. And Dr. Jacob said it like this because he knew that the fault would be on our side if it didn't work. So he told us when I was sitting where you sitting, he said, if I laid hands on all y'all tomorrow, today, and y'all died tomorrow, I keep teaching on healing. We don't preach people's experiences. We preach the word. It's a lot of people that have tried this. And listen. If you're not versed in the Word of God, and I've tried to help people, and some of them got it, and some of them didn't. And I found out a long time ago it ain't God's fault. I already unsettled that. And some people will try to me, well, we, we was in the Word. No, please stop. Then that means you needed to double up. Amen. You need to, you never know tell you to double up on your medicine? Well, you can double up on the Word. Amen. Look what it says right here. It says here, um, that he healeth all our diseases. Look over here, Psalms 107. Let's go over here and look at these scriptures. I got them all on here. Then I need to go to the New Testament because I've gone a minute. Amen. It's, can you just stay with me a little bit, just a little bit? And then I'll get you, I'll get you, because you can read these at home, but I'm trying to do something because I'm going to pray tonight. And I just want to go a little bit further, you know? Will you let me do it? Praise God. You let the Titans do it, so let me do it. They went into overtime. You stayed. Amen. Look what it says right here. Psalms 107 verse 20. He said he sent his word. What did he send? And healed them. Notice it's past tense. Anytime you look at healing in the Bible, it's already a finished work. He healed them. Amen. It's always a finished work. And he healed them. And then it says right here, he sent his word to heal them. And deliver them from their destruction. Amen. So when I look at this word, I say, Father, I thank you for sending your word. And you've already healed me and I take it. And I command my body to get in line with your word. Yeah. I speak to it. Amen. Amen. Let's go down here and look at another verse of scripture. And um, let's go down here and look at Isaiah 53. Let's turn to the book of Isaiah 53. This is favorite healing scriptures, also in 1 Peter 2.24. Isaiah 53 and 
Isaiah 53, and it says right here, Isaiah 53 and verse 4, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Jesus is talking about. Yet we did esteem him smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded because we had transgressed. He was taking our penalty. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was, and the chastisement of our peace was, was upon him. And with the stripes, and with his stripes, we are going to be healed. So you can't say your healing's coming. You can't say, oh, I'm going to get it. You can't say, I'm going to get it. That's not scriptural. You got to say, I'm healed. Why your temperature's up? Because of what that said. I'm not repeating it. I'm saying it because of what this said. I'm going to agree with God, not with what's going on in my body. So I'm not going to say it's coming because if I say it's coming, then I'm agreeing to what's happening in my body. And I'm trying to wait for my body to stop misbehaving so that I can say I'm healed. That's not faith. Faith says exactly what God said. And I remember this. It was a pastor here in the city. And, and listen, don't ask people on Facebook to pray for you. You don't even know who you're asking to pray for you. You don't know how people live like it. Don't do that in this church. I know you're in stark unbelief. Because most of them are going to put praying hands up there. Some of them are going to hit the button four or five times and forget about you after that. And they got on there and said, well, we're going to go to the doctor and see if we healed. When I saw that and I said, this is a pastor. I said, it's over. You don't go to the doctor to find out if God did his part. God did his part because he said he's doing his part. I'm just going to the doctor because I got another appointment. And they're going to see the manifestation of the word of God. But I am not waiting on their word to pronounce me healed. The word of God already did that. If you get caught up in that trap, then you'll, 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 you'll act like God didn't do anything unless they say it, it manifested. Now, doctors work with God. They co-laborers together with God, and some of them are believing doctors. Some of them even got faith and believe with y'all. That ain't their job. But I'd like one that's believing to work with me instead of having a heathen doing it. I've known people in this church, they had to leave the doctors again. <laughs> the records came back and said they recovered. Well, you never know is what they told them. It ain't over with yet. Told them, you're not out of the woods yet. I said, is that what they told you? I said, ah, you, I find somebody else. I'm just telling you. You're the boss. You just came to them for service. You're the boss. Amen. Amen. You're the boss. You need to know that. You're the boss. You came to them for service. I got more testimonies than I care to give right now. It says here, with his stripes, you are healed. So if you are healed, you is healed. Amen. Now, you can have symptoms in your body, but you don't confess the symptoms. You confess what the word said. 
And that's why people have to, you know, you can't say what you're seeing or feeling. You have to say what God said because you have decided to do this by faith. And faith has a way of doing things. And it's God's way of doing things. And you go to the word to find God's way of doing things. You speak the word over your situation. You don't speak the situation. You're already seeing that. Amen. Now look over here, and this really blessed me, over in Matthew chapter 8. This is my last one. Man, Matthew chapter 8, this is my last one. And then if you need prayer tonight, we'll a ministry of healing tonight, we'll do that. Amen. Anybody need said, if you're watching online, you're just going to have to receive right there where you are. And when evening was come, we're over here in Matthew 8, 16. And when evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word. Notice ministry is with the word. You have to know even Jesus used the word of God and healed some of them that were sick. There you go again, healed all. See, I go... And he healed all. He delivered us from all disease. I go and look at all. And I convince myself all is all. Yeah. It ain't some. It's all of them. Yeah. That it might be fulfilled. And what we just read about Elijah. I mean, Elijah. We just read, I mean, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. And he says right here, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. He says, excuse me, he said Isaiah the prophet. I just read that in Matthew, I mean, in Isaiah 55, 53, verse 4. Look what it says right here, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Well, we just read that in Isaiah 54. So he's saying the prophetic word you just read was being fulfilled this day. When I saw that, I said, wait a minute. He came to fulfill the promise the prophecy, thousand-year-old prophecy has come into fulfillment, which means your healing took place over 2,000 years ago. That's why you are here. He came to fulfill that word by taking our sins and sicknesses and bore it in his own body. On the tree, on the cross, he bore my sin and sickness, and he took it so that I wouldn't have to take it, and he showed up thousands of years later to fulfill that prophetic word. That means when Jesus was on that cross, he was carrying whatever corona would try to get on you, whatever cancer would try to get on you, whatever arthritis was trying to get on you. He, the Bible said the Father laid it all on him. And his Bible said his body was so marred carrying that sickness and that beating and that torment. When you looked at him on the cross, it didn't even look like a man. That's Isaiah 52. He said his visage was so marred, he carried all of our trauma, drama, sickness, and disease. He didn't even look like a man. He bore all of it. And it's an insult to, to carry it and let it stay on your body. That's why Satan is a thief and a liar. He is trespassing. They know this is in the, every demon knows this is in it. Jesus came and he was healing based, he was healing them on credit. He was healing them based on the fulfillment. He said that it might be fulfilled because he was going to carry it out. 
That's why it wasn't no other way. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our. You may want to write your name in there. Took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. He already took it. And then you ought to get an attitude that it ain't got a right on my body. And you ought to command it to get off. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to the most high God. You get some help out of that.